0: everybody, I'm Jonathan Randall, and welcome to another episode of How You Like Me Now. I hope everybody is doing well, having a fantastic summer. Things for me have been going pretty good. I've been in good spirits, been in a good mood for the most part, except for yesterday where I got some pretty horrible news about my beloved Elizabeth Street Garden. For those that you don't know, um, I'm a volunteer at this uh, garden in my community, which is incredibly amazing, one of the most spectacular and beautiful places in the city. It is such like a sanctuary. Um, I'm so lucky, I feel so grateful that I have it in the neighborhood, but the city is trying to destroy it, which is horrible. Uh, The Garden's been going to court, having a court battle against them. And yesterday uh, we got some bad news where an appellate court ruled unanimously against the garden unfortunately which to me is heartbreaking and crazy the garden is one of the most unique and magical places in the city and I feel like New York should be doing everything it can to preserve as many green spaces in the city as it could I mean this place is called a concrete jungle for a reason and that's because to see green is rare and to have this gem of a garden in your community is amazing and the fact that the City wants to destroy it is absolutely horrible. Anyways, you guys could check out more about the Elizabeth Street Garden um, at their website, elizabethstreetgarden.com. You could Venmo the Elizabeth Street Garden uh, to help donate. Uh, to help save the garden at Elizabeth Dash Street Garden. So, yesterday they had a press conference at the garden uh, to talk about what had happened uh, with the appellate court and pretty much to make it known that, like, we're still gonna fight for the garden. The fight is not over. They had posted about it on social media. Uh, if you like, you should follow the garden. Not even if you like, you should do it. Go follow the garden right now at social media. It's at Elizabeth Street Garden. Anyways, I was looking at the post, and I noticed there were, like, all these comments that were, like, anti-garden comments by some guy that was just, like, full of lies, and then when I got to the press conference, I noticed that this guy was talking to some of the reporters outside, and he was talking more trash about the garden, and it was just such complete and utter nonsense about how, like, the garden's only for rich people, and rich people have to give up the garden, and rich people shouldn't have the garden, and I was becoming enraged. I was so mad at this guy. Like, who is he? Like, the garden Grinch? Like, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? Anyways, I I was so mad mad. I really was furious. I can't remember last time I've been so furious. I'm not a violent man at all, but I wanted to punch this guy in the face so bad. And then I was watching him like go around to all the different news reporters at the press conference being like, oh, you should talk to me. I'll give you uh, a different perspective about the garden where he's just like trying to talk hate to the garden, to everybody. And I was just getting angrier and angrier and angrier. And I'm like, I am about to throw down with this guy. Of course, you know, we're still trying to save the garden, um, it would have been a really bad look for me to beat up a guy for being against the garden in front of like all these news reporters and like I'm on the garden side. So I held myself back. I restrained myself for the goodness of the garden. But then just like seeing this guy, I, like I was I was becoming angrier and angrier. Thank goodness I had a show and I had to leave because if I had to stick around there any longer, I don't know if I could have held back. But that dude, I don't, I don't know his name, but I remember what he looks like. Uh, If I knew his name, I'd totally be doxing him right now, but uh, I don't. So if I see you around like outside the garden, you better watch yourself because you're a punk ass bitch and you're a dumb motherfucker for spreading lies and ridiculous bullshit about the garden. That's amazing. All right. So don't Definitely don't show your face at the garden again, but I hope I don't see you anywhere around the city because it ain't going to be pretty. That's right. I'm making threats on my podcast. Uh, That's probably a really bad thing. Uh, now that I realize that I'm thinking about it, like I could get in trouble, but like this guy's horrible. I, and I'm definitely going to give you a piece of my mind at least. All right. Now let me, let me take back these threats. Cause I, I don't know what's the legality of all that, where then I'm like going to beat up some guy and then later I'm going to go to court and he's going to like start playing my podcast and it's going to be like, whoa, this is the most airtime my podcast has gotten in a court full of people with a jury. But anyways, that guy's scum uh, and he sucks. And uh, yeah, I'm still a little angry about him. Anyways, definitely support The Garden. Uh, tomorrow night, June 29th, I am having a comedy show, Save The Garden, a comedy show at the Elizabeth Street Garden, raising awareness about The Garden, trying to encourage people to donate money to The Garden. I got a stellar lineup of comedians like Ashley Austin Morris, Daniel Torado, Dante Nero. I'm hosting. It's going to be an amazing show for an incredible cause, Uh, it's more important now than ever, I'm so excited about doing this show, I'm actually a little nervous about it because I feel like there's a lot of pressure to really deliver and put on an awesome show, and that's exactly what I'm going to do, so come on out, Thursday, June 29th, I'm recording this on Wednesday, so it is tomorrow, 8 o'clock, save the garden at the Elizabeth Street Garden, it's going to be an incredible show. Um, Okay, let's see. What else do I want to talk about tonight? Yeah. Oh, I went out with uh, another girl who uh, misrepresented herself on her profile, on her dating app profile. And it's so infuriating. And okay, so this woman had kids. And she didn't mention on her uh, profile that she had kids. So it's not really a lie, I guess. But I think it is just like an omission of truth. Like they have that option for you to put on your profile that you have kids to let people know that you have kids. So people don't want to date somebody with kids. They don't waste their time. So I went. I met this girl. She seemed nice. Uh, She seemed cool. very quirky, funny girl, like really great personality, really nice woman. But then maybe like an hour into the date, she tells me that she has two kids and wow, it really kind of like hit me. And I was just like, oh man, I like, I felt misled. Cause the truth is I was a little bit about on the fence with going out with this uh, girl in the first place. She seemed really cool and really nice, but I don't know, uh, if she was like really for me, um, If I was that attracted to her, just based on the pictures of her profile, but she was cute and she seemed fun and I figured I'd give it a chance. She was making effort and she seemed like she really wanted to meet me and like, I do like that sort of thing. So I went to meet her, but if I had known that she had kids, excuse me, but if I had known that she had kids, I would definitely not have met her. So then like when she told me that I kind of felt like, ugh, I've been misled and, like, what do I do in this situation? Like, because it would have been a complete dick move for me to get up and be like, you got kids. I'm out of here. Like, I wasn't going to do that. Like, this girl was nice. I was enjoying the conversations that we were having together. And I was enjoying her company. But, like, I didn't I didn't like that. I don't like being, like, misled or deceived. Or it's, like, give out. That's pertinent information about you and your life. And I asked her, I'm like, you don't have that on your profile, you know, why not? She's like, oh, I don't want, you know, people to judge me. So I guess, you know, yeah, it kind of makes sense. I wouldn't have gone out with her if she had two kids. And she's like, oh, people aren't going to go out with me if they know I have kids. But I don't understand. Like, why do you want to go out with somebody that isn't going to accept you for who you are? I've talked about this before in the podcast, and it absolutely makes no sense. So then she told me she has kids. And now I'm gonna be like, oh, well, since we're already out, like I'm going to change my whole screening process. And what matters to me and what I'm looking for in a woman. And, uh, you know, like what, what my deal breakers are because we went out and I met you for an hour. No, if anything, it just turned me off more to this woman. And actually, you know, when I said goodnight to her, I was like, talk to you soon. And then as soon as I walked away I'm like, why did I say that? I'm probably not going to talk to this girl soon. And then I was like, Oh, well, you know, maybe I should text her and just be like, listen, I had a really fun time on our date, but like, I don't think we're a good match. And then I'm like, why should I show this woman that courtesy when she couldn't be upfront with me about who she was? Like I don't feel like she actually deserves that. Like the whole thing was kind of like upsetting and a waste of uh, time for me and my energy. And like, I, like it pissed me off. Don't do that. Just be honest about who you are. If you have kids, say you have kids. If somebody doesn't want to date you because you have kids, then guess what? They're not the right person for you. What, like, what are you trying to do? Trick them? I don't understand what these ladies and they're always complaining too that like men lie about their height. Well, you guys lie about your age. You lie about like having families. Like I think like height is like a superficial thing. These other things are more about like exactly like who you are. I think they more connotate like your values, even though lying about anything is a huge red flag for having good values. But anyways, that was a huge disappointment that this woman lied to me. And, uh, yeah, another bust of a date for Jonathan, uh, and another thing where I'm like, I got to get off these stupid apps and just meet women in in real life because, uh, you know, then I could ask them all the questions I want and find out about them. And if I want to, you know, pursue and see them and not like be trusting about them and their profile. So be honest out there. Yeah. Profile. If you sincerely want to meet somebody, uh, and you're not presenting yourself in an authentic, genuine way, then you're never going to meet somebody good, and you're never going to have a healthy relationship. Okay, let's see. What else do I want to talk about today? I have um, a bunch of things, actually. I I feel like I messed up with my notes, Uh, but I'm going to whatever, figure it out right now. What I I want to talk about, I want to talk about a bunch of things, actually. Um, One thing I want to talk about that's really been bothering me is, you know, uh, there's been more pogroms going on. More Israeli settlers have been, you know, uh, violently making their way through Palestinian villages in the West Bank and burning homes, burning cars, killing people, uh, just like being disgusting, horrible people, terrorizing Uh, Palestinians, and destroying villages. Burn, you know, it's just crazy. Burning all their cars, destroying their property. You know, mass settlers, armed mass settlers under the protection of the Israeli military are going around to these villages and committing these atrocious acts, which is despicable and crazy that this is happening. And I notice a lot on social media that, you know, when I've talked about this, when people are commenting on this, uh, a big response, it seems, from... Israelis or Zionists I don't know what they are It's like oh well what's the reason why they're committing these pogroms it's because you know four Israelis were killed outside the illegal Ellie settlement so that's why they're committing these acts of violence against Palestinians and oh it's justified because of that which makes no sense to me why do you think those four Israeli settlers were killed Why is it that when Israeli settlers uh, wreak violence upon Palestinians because of, you know, things that have happened to them, it seems justified? But when Palestinians react to 75 years of the ongoing Nakba, to the forced displacement, to the murders of children, to being kicked out of their homes and the forced displacement, when they respond and react to that, they're terrorists and uh, they're horrible and they have no right to do that. But when Israelis do it, when they react, then it's 100% okay and it's justified. It is hypocrisy at its finest and it is sickening. The whole international community, the whole Jewish community, secular Israelis, all need to come out strong against Israeli settlers, both with their expansion and especially with the violence that they continuously commit against Palestinians under the protection of the Israeli military, okay? This uh, Palestinian, he was like 27 years old. He had two daughters. He was killed during one of these settler rampages. His life, is as valuable as any israeli as any jewish life okay so none of these people should be killed none of these people should be murdered but how dare people justify the violence of israeli settlers while continuously point the finger at palestinians as being the terrorists it is just insane that that is happening uh it's horrible that anybody died nobody should die we need to reach a two-state solution, but that is never gonna happen as long as Israel keeps expanding their settlements. Uh, they announced that they're going to create like 5000 more homes in the West Bank. I was just reading that they are uh, at the Ev- the Evitar uh, settlement that had previously been evacuated uh, that now settlers are back over there while the Israeli- is excuse me while the Israeli military is there and they're letting them come back and you know start building structures even though that is private or public Palestinian land, according to Israel, but still they are continuing to, you know, ethnically cleanse Palestinians from the land. Take the land that should be a future Palestinian state and it gets in the way of peace. It provokes Palestinians and it is a a horrible look for Jews all around the world, and it is such a shame that this is happening. And the fact that more Jews aren't coming out and speaking out against it really does a discredit to you know our religion, to our race, whatever you want to call the Jewish people, whatever you consider us, like to be okay with the actions of these Israeli settlers is really, really, really a bad look for Jews around the world. Now I want to talk about this book I'm reading and something I've been thinking a lot about while I'm reading this book. So I'm reading this book, The Escape Artist, okay? The Escape Artist is about uh, the first person to escape from Auschwitz, the first Jew to escape from Auschwitz. At the time, his name was Walter Rosenberg. Uh, His name uh, is Rudolf Verba is, I guess, the name he changed to later on in life. So he uh, was in Auschwitz and uh, he escaped Auschwitz and he wanted to escape Auschwitz so bad because he wanted to make sure to tell other Jews about the big lie that, you know, uh, the Nazis had told the Jewish people that, you know, when they were going all around Europe and getting them out of Europe. That, you know, they were just moving them to other places that, you know, it would, just get your stuff and grab your bags and, you know, you're going to come and, and live it in a new place and you're going to move to a new place. And it was called the big lie. And they kept that lie going, like, literally while they were bringing Jews to the constant, uh, excuse me, not only to the concentration camp, but to the gas chamber. While they were herding Jews to the gas chamber, they were continuing the lies, being like, oh, it's going to be okay. You'll get your stuff back soon. Asking them you know, what's their profession so we know what job to give you when they knew they were just going to kill them. And they were lying to them in Auschwitz. They were lying to them in the camps. They were, uh, you know, they, they would create Uh, places in the camps where they made it look like things weren't that bad, where they let families stay together, where they let people keep some stuff. Uh, They would parade some Jews through towns to make it seem like they weren't being mistreated as badly as they would. They were doing everything to hide from the world what was really happening. And that is known as the big lie. And that's what uh, Walter Rosenberg, that's what Rudolf Verba wanted so badly to make sure the world knew, to make sure other Jewish people Knew so they wouldn't go so willingly along with the Nazis. They wouldn't be like, oh, they're just moving us to another place. It's going to be okay. But they thought maybe if they knew that they were literally taking them to their deaths, then maybe they would fight back. That maybe they wouldn't go so willingly, you know, to Auschwitz, to the other concentration camps. And I think it's really crazy that of all the lessons the Jewish people took from the Holocaust the big lie is one of them because that is exactly what has happened in Israel and what still is kind of happening in Israel. And to say that that's not true. And I'm like making that up is absolutely false. And, uh, it's well known because of a group of historians of Israeli historians called the new historians that totally challenged, uh, the history and the uh, how Israel was saying the events occurred uh, with the reality of what really happened. So I wanna give you some, uh, some examples of what they said. So Israel had originally said that the Palestinians fled their homes of their own free will, but then the new historians came and they said that that was not true, that refugees were chased out or expelled. Then, you know, Israel originally had said that the balance of, uh, of power was, you know, in favor of the Arabs and the new historians. They were like, no, again, that's not true. Israel had the advantages both in manpower and in arms. Uh, then, you know, Israel said, oh, the Arabs had a coordinated plan to destroy Israel. The new historians, again, said that is bullshit and that the Arab countries, they were divided. You know, uh, Israel had said that, you know, the Arabs were the reasons that uh, that there was no peace. Their refusal uh, to accept Israel was the reason there was no peace. And the new historians said, no, again, that's not true. Israel is... Uh, primarily the ones to blame for the dead end and for there not being peace. And there was a miniseries at the 50th anniversary of Israel, where they did uh, a huge uh, series about, you know, the findings of the new historians. Uh, a lot of it came after there was uh, classified documents from the IDF that was released like 30 years later, and that's where they got a lot more information. And still, a lot of Arab people— uh, believe that like the new historians didn't even tell the full story and the full extent of, you know, Israel's crimes and the horrible treatment of the Palestinian people. But even what they said is astounding and it is clear that like the narrative that Israel was trying to present, that like the, Ara- uh, the Arabs, the Palestinians, excuse me, whatever you want to call them, they all just got up and left was not true. That, you know, there are documentaries also like Tantura that show that like they try to cover up a lot of the massacres that occurred and they try to lie to the world about what really went on about the creation of israel and that is their own big lie and that is so crazy and sickening that they are lying to the world about their achievement of the palestinian people just like the nazis were lying to the world about the treatment of the jews during world war ii it is completely unacceptable many of the lies have been exposed and they need to continue to be exposed and you know, more and more American Jews more people all around the world Jews all around the world are waking up and realizing that they have been lied to Um, I just saw that there's a documentary coming out called Israelism I hope to interview one of the filmmakers on the podcast They're going to be coming to do a screening in New York They told me in the fall and it's all about you know American Jews who were completely dedicated to Israel Who then went to Israel saw the treatment of the Palestinian people firsthand and totally changed their perspective? on Israel I was watching a video yesterday about a kid on birthright who's holding up a map being like wait where's the West Bank on this map why are you guys trying to make it seem like there is no Palestinians that there are no Palestinians in the West Bank why are you trying to make it seem like they don't exist why are you presenting these lies about you know the treatment of the Palestinian people why is that what you want to convince people on these birthright trips and it's true I went on a birthright trip and when I was there I don't remember they hid all of this from you they didn't tell you anything uh again that was still while i was being indoctrinated and i still believed all palestinians are terrorists and all they wanted every single palestinian wanted was to kill a jew and that they were the reasons that there was no peace and they were the reasons why israel couldn't live in safety and peace and harmony and uh yeah thankfully i did more research and i found out the truth and even now i have friends, many. One of my best friends in the whole world, man, I love this guy so much. And he's a Zionist. Ugh! Kills me so much. And you know, he's been very supportive still of my work always. And you know, I was talking the other day and he's like, Jonathan, you know, I don't agree with what you say. I don't agree with a lot of what you say. And I realized I never tell him I don't agree with you. I don't agree with what you're saying, but like, I feel bad for him because I I know the indoctrination that he went through. I know the lies and that's all that he's been told his whole entire life. And like, Whenever I, I I tell him little bits of truths, I send him clips, I send him you know movies to watch, I, I send him articles that he should read. He's like, wow, like I didn't realize this. He know, uh, like I, I'm like awakening to a little bit. But he's like, but still, uh, I'm worried about. He thinks that what I'm doing puts Jewish people in danger. That the videos I make, that speaking out against uh, human rights violations of Israel against the Palestinian people, puts Jews in danger. Where I'm like, no. Israel violating Palestinian human rights puts Jews in danger. Israel continuing settler expansion puts Jews in danger. Israel not being honest and forthcoming about its past and about what's happening now puts Jews in danger. Settler violence puts Jews in danger. Anyways, if you're not following me on social media, please do so at Jonathan Randall everywhere. I could really use your support on my Kofi page. I will put the link in the description again uh, tomorrow, June 29th. It may not be tomorrow, depending on when you're listening to this, but uh, tomorrow, 8 p.m., June 29th at the Elizabeth Garden. Save the Garden, a comedy show totally psyched for. It. I hope you'll come out. It's going to be a good time. I'm Jonathan Randall. How you like me now?